Do you know something? Your life is supposed to count. My life is supposed to count. Pastor Moses is doing a series. It's called Song Stories on Wednesdays. He's given me a chance to catch my breath, regroup, refocus. And this past Wednesday, we focused on a Keith Green song called, Oh Lord, You're Beautiful. And we just picked it apart and looked at the theology of it and it chased us into scripture and, and it was amazing. I loved it. We got a couple more weeks, I think, or I don't know. Oh, we got one more week. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we got to this one part of this song. How many are familiar with this great, great song, Keith Green, Oh Lord, You're Beautiful? It says, Oh Lord, please light a fire that once burned bright and clear. Replace the lamp of my first love that burns with holy fear. Pastor Moses challenged us. He said, do you remember when you were first saved? Now that's going back some 30 years for me. But it was as vivid and fresh as the day I accepted Christ and I made a decision to follow him. November the 14th, 1982, I made a decision. In a smoke-filled apartment, it's trying to get high. I wasn't trying to get high. I was getting high. <laughs> it's what I did at that point, Mike. Not, I'm not proud to say that, but I'm also going to just be honest about my past. We've got to be honest, don't we, Randy? A number of events, one significant, super significant, led me to a place of rebellion. My mother died when I was 14 years old, and she was only 39 and I was mad at God, and so I ran from him. I rebelled against him, and I thought, I'll show him, right? But God just kept pursuing me. He was patient with me and understanding. And that night, I just made a decision. I'm going to follow him, no matter what. And the next day, there was such a fire on the inside. There was, I thought of the fire. That song just made me think of this fire that God ignited in me. It was a blaze. I mean, I had to tell everybody about who God was and what he could do for them and what he was doing for me. We started a Bible study in my, in my best friend's home. I was with my best friend, by the way. We were both trying to get high, or we're both getting high. And we both decided to follow Christ that night. And put down the drugs and never turned back. Never turned back. And we were so hungry to know more and to learn. And so we started a Bible study in his home. We called it Spark, Spiritual People After a Righteous Kingdom. We'd go pick people up. It was Tuesday night and we were so excited about studying the word of God and, and learning of God and worshiping him. By the time 
this Bible study ended and I, I left to go to Bible college, there was an average of 40 to 50 young people meeting every Tuesday night in a home. Imagine 50 young people in your house. Where would you put them all? They were everywhere. We were everywhere. We were sitting on the floor, sitting on counters, anything. And God lit a fire. And then I had a 30-year overview. And there I sat on this past Wednesday. And I thought to myself, God, now look, look what you have done. Look where you have brought me. Senior pastor of a amazing church in California. It just, it was amazing to me. But we're all on a journey. All of us. You've made a decision to follow Christ. Wonderful. God has put you on a path. God has set you in a ship. And today, we set sail. We set sail. I wonder, is your life counting? Does your life count? God's counting on us to make a difference. Traveling from earth to heaven. Today we launch out. We climb into a ship today. I'm starting a series that I've entitled Set Sail. And over the next several weeks, we are going to board a variety of ships. And hopefully, we will look internally, introspectively, and see if we're really making the difference that God wants us to make. Your life counts, and God is counting on you. Today we board leadership. I want you to open your Bible to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 is where we're going today. Follow with me, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Watch this. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you just as I said to Moses. Isn't that good news? From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, this, this shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you 
I will not forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How many are glad for the promises of God today and the word of God today? Already it's doing something. I barely read it and it's already accomplishing something. It's already stirring something in somebody. And so, Father, we thank you for your word today. We have come hungry for your word. We've come thirsty for a word. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak today. And I pray there to be no distractions, Lord, but what you have sent your word to do, it would be done. And we give you thanks as we pray it in Jesus' name. Come on and say amen today. Hallelujah. Leadership. If you are a follower of Jesus, I have news for you. You're a leader. So you see, some of you might have thought, oh, well, I get off, I get off the hook today. He's going to talk to leaders today. He's going to talk to the deacons today. He's going to talk to the pastors. He's going to talk to the life group leaders. I'm not a leader, so I just get a setback. No, no, no. If you have decided to follow Christ, by default, you automatically have become a leader. Now, there are various levels of leadership, yes, but all Christians are leaders. Jesus has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. How many are just glad for that, first of all? You're just glad that you heard the call of Jesus. He hollered out at you and you heard the call of Jesus. He called you out of darkness. He called you into his marvelous light. Now he's depending on us. The plan of God to reach the world is through flawed humanity. That's you and me. You don't get more flawed than the, the, those in the room here. We're flawed. All of us, any of us. But this is God's plan. He's not, he's not dispatching the angels to evangelize. He's dispatching you. He's dispatching me. We are the plan, Debbie. There is no plan B either. So all who follow Christ are leaders. Today we look at one of my favorite leaders. I love Joshua. When I get to heaven, I want to go and meet Joshua. There's a number of people that I want to go and meet. I want to go and shake their hand. Do you have your favorite maybe? Anybody want to go and see somebody that you've read about here? 
we're going to be in heaven for eternity, so you might as well, I'm going to make some plans. Joshua, could you pencil me in for lunch on this day or just a stroll around the crystal sea? I want to spend a little time with you. Joshua, what a great leader. He, to me, he is, a, he is a great, great leader. And I see four qualities of his leadership that I believe will help me and help you to become a better leader. How many want to be a better leader? I want to be a better leader. What makes a great leader? Well, there we go. You, you could preach this for me right here if you'd like. It's true. We, that's all the way to the end. But you're right, Miss Mickey. Anointing does. What makes a great leader? First of all, I want you to jot this down. Great leaders are servants. You might say, wait a minute. That's kind of contrary to what I thought. A great leader, people serve great leaders, right? Joshua understood what it was to serve. Why was Joshua chosen? I believe one of the reasons Joshua was chosen was because he was a servant. God said, Moses, my servant, is dead. And now I want you to replace him. In other words, I want you to be that servant. Joshua understood what it was to serve, and he started by serving God. If you want to be a great leader, serve the Lord. No matter what comes your way, make up your mind that you're going to serve the Lord. Serve God. I, you, you see, I had to go back a little bit to understand the context of Joshua chapter 1. I went back into Deuteronomy, the 34th chapter. Moses had died, and now God is beginning to position a new leader. Look at verse number 9 of Deuteronomy chapter 34. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom... For Moses had laid his hands on him, so the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Joshua started serving by serving God. It's not important who starts the race, is it? What's important? It's important who finishes the race. I've known many people who started serving God, but somewhere along the way, they stopped running. They stopped serving. They stopped following. I've made up my mind that I'm going to serve God. If I live in California or if I live in Indiana, Hans, can you believe that you're in California studying in seminary? It's, it's just mind-blowing, isn't it, how God will lead us. It doesn't matter what state I'm in, even what country I'm in. Karen and I know that at any time God might call us to some foreign land. I've made up my mind, and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come hell or high water, we'll serve the Lord. No matter what storms come in our life, we will serve the Lord. No matter the difficulty, trials come, folks. 
But you have to decide, I am still going to serve God. If others decide not to, if your own family decides not to, you have to make up your mind and stand strong in your decision to serve God. And while you're serving God, put a smile on your face because there's nothing worse than a complaining Christian trying to do something for God and negative all the while. You see, Psalm 100 and verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Come on, somebody, and put a smile on your face today. It is a joy to, to serve the Lord. It is a joy to reach out with the help of the Lord and with the hope of the Lord and with the healing of the Lord. Think for a moment that God might anoint you, that God might fill you with some bit of ability that you can reach out to somebody else and help them. Somebody that's fallen, you can help them get up. Somebody who's confused, you can set them on the right path. Hallelujah. <laughs> serve God. First and foremost, serve God. But not only did Joshua serve God, Joshua served Moses. You see, the proof of your serving God will be in you serving people. You can't just say, I serve God. The proof of that will be you're serving a person, you're serving people. Joshua served Moses. The Bible's very clear. Joshua was Moses, what? His assistant, it says in my Bible. Joshua was his assistant. He assisted or helped or served the man of God. And I believe that Moses counted on Joshua. He depended on Joshua. Joshua was loyal to Moses. I don't have time to go back and rehearse the relationship and the development of this relationship between Moses and Joshua. But Joshua was lo loyal to Moses. When others complained, Joshua stood strong with him. That takes something. And I'll tell you, as a leader of a church, a pastor of a church, you really appreciate loyalty. And thank God there's really nothing going on. I'm not trying to root something out. Please don't think something's going on and there's an underlying uh, message that I'm trying to, to preach here. It's not that way at all. I feel very blessed. I think our church is blessed. I think we've learned some lessons along the way of being disloyal and talking about one another. And there's no good in it. And God has, has exposed it so it can be eradicated. But I appreciate loyalty. Joshua was loyal to the man of God, supporting him through thick and thin. He was dependable. And I believe that Moses would constantly look to Joshua to help him and to lead. Joshua was willing. He was willing to do whatever needed to be done. Finally, they're in reach of this land that God has promised. They've been hearing about it and talking about it for more than 40 years. Delivered out of bondage, set free from Egypt, and now wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, 
walking to a place, talking of a place. Now here it is. But they needed somebody to go out and check out the land, didn't they? Joshua was one of them. A land that, yes, was full of plenty. The Bible describes the grapes as clusters so big that you'd take two men with, with poles to carry them. That's some nice grapes right there. That'd make a good fruit salad right there. But not only was it a land of milk and honey and, and, and enormous clusters of grapes and all other manner of fruit, it was a land of enemies, a land of giants. And Joshua was willing to go in. And Joshua saw things that others didn't see, didn't he? Talking to you about a great leader and some qualities of a great leader. He was willing to serve a person, a man that was in authority over him. Submitting himself, humbling himself. There'll always be somebody that's in authority over you. Do you know that? You're not supposed to be the boss of everything. Well, we're not supposed to be the boss and in charge of everything. You need to find who is sanctioned over you. And God has placed in authority over you. If you call La Palma Christian Center your home, I happen to be one of those persons. I say that humbly, but I say it confidently. I know my call, and I know that God called me to this place, and He has put an anointing on me to speak on His behalf to the people. I want you to serve. Serve. Serve God by serving people. That's why I say to you, Pete, I need you so desperately. This man will just come to me and say, do you need anything, Pastor? Anything I can do? And when he says, is there anything I can do, he really means it. He's been in the bathroom more than one time, tending to things in the bathroom, just because the need is there. He'll just do anything. You know why? Because he understands serving. Serving God and serving those in authority over him, just as Joshua did. Joshua served God. Joshua served Moses. There's one more level of serving I want you to be aware of. He served people. <laughs> now here's the real test, I think. He served the people. He spoke to the people on God's behalf. He led the people on God's behalf. And I believe that God elevated Joshua to a position of great leadership in order to serve people. It's always going to be about serving others. Joshua served the one who was sanctioned in authority over him. Joshua served people who he was sanctioned over. And there'll always be that, that uh, dynamic. Always there will be that dynamic. If you want to be a great leader, learn to serve. This is the heart of the gospel, isn't it? 
This is the heart of Jesus, certainly. Matthew chapter 20, verse 25, Jesus called, to him, called them to himself and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great, supposedly, exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave or let him be last. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I'll say it again. If you want to be a great leader, pray that God would give you the heart to serve. That's the first quality of a great leader. Great leaders are servants. The second quality that I see here, great leaders stand strong. Three times. Three times God told Joshua, be strong and courageous. Verse 6, verse 7, and verse 9. Three times. Why is God telling Joshua to be strong to be courageous? Well, I'll tell you why. Because he knew his tendency would probably be to be fearful, to be afraid. Don't be afraid, he said. Don't be dismayed. You see, this is our tendency, to be fearful, to be afraid. And would Joshua have anything to be afraid of? I think so. After all, he's been the assistant pastor for a good many years now. Moses' assistant. Now God's saying, it's a new day. It's a new way. My goal for many years was to be the very best associate pastor that I could be. That was my goal. And so I studied all aspects of pastoring, but not to be a lead pastor. No, no, no thanks even. I just thought, how valuable would that be to be a right-hand man? That would translate anywhere in the nation, anywhere in the world, really. A quality associate. So I learned all the aspects of preaching and all the aspects of administration and all the various aspects that go into being a lead pastor, but only so I could substitute in his absence. Little did I know that God was doing something else in me. Wasn't even letting me know until the time that it was right. I was scared to death. I'll be honest. This is too big for me. I go from preaching maybe 15 times a year to three times a week because we were still having Sunday night church at that time, remember? I didn't know how I was going to do that, but I felt God calling me, wanting me to just stand strong so I had to do what Joshua had to do. Joshua pressed through his fear. Now, fear's going to come. 
I know we can say, you're not supposed to fear, right? Well, I didn't invite fear. I didn't go looking for fear. I just woke up and their fear was sitting on my lap. Their fear was knocking on my door. Fear is just going to come. It is an arrow that the enemy fires off often because it, it works. Every now and then, it's actually going to work. It's actually going to penetrate, and we, we find ourselves afraid. When fear comes, there are two things to remember. Number one, it's not from God. Now, the Bible's very clear. 2 Timothy, bring this up, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of, say it with me, of power and of love and of a... Come on, put your hand on your head and say, I have a sound mind. God gave me a sound mind. Hallelujah. When fear comes, know this, it did not come from God. The second thing to know when fear comes, it's got to go. It's not of God, and it can't stay. It must leave because when fear comes, it's trying to replace faith. And we're saved by faith, and we will walk this walk and sail this ship by faith. Joshua pressed through fear and persevered in faith. What do you do when the difficulty comes? Well, you've got to keep going in faith, don't you? When the giants come, do you give up? Do you stop running? Or do you persevere in faith? God, I know you said to go into this land, and there are giants in the land. So I don't really know how we're going to do this, but... I'm going to persevere. In fact, there's a body of water here, God. I don't even know how to cross this body of water, and you're telling me to go forward, right? So we get past the Jordan miraculously. We persevere. Then there's a, a walled city in the way that God says, I want you to move through that, and I'm going to help you to conquer that. It's called Jericho. See, what are you going to do when the Jordan rivers come? What are you going to do when the cities of Jericho come? What are you going to do when the giants rear up? It's no time to quit. It's time to persevere in faith, knowing that God said he'd never leave me, he'd never forsake me. He said he'd be with me always. This is what Joshua did. He persevered through the difficulty, through the negativity, through every obstacle, and he just found strength to do it. God said to be strong. And somehow Joshua found his strength. Where was the strength found? Where did the strength lie? The strength was found in the name of God. This is a source of strength. You see, God told Joshua, I'll be with you just as I was with Moses. And when God spoke to Moses and appeared to Moses and then gave Moses an assignment, Moses says, well, who am I going to say sent me? 
Do you remember this? There was a bush burning and God speaking and Moses is afraid, see? Uh, and God, uh, Moses says, who will I say has sent me? And God said, you tell them that I am, that I, the I am that I am has sent you. And so Moses goes in the strength found in the name of Yahweh, the name of God Almighty. This was passed on to Joshua. Be strong. And the strength is found yet today in the name of God. Pastor Moses, I'm so thankful that you have sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Pastor Moses put together an amazing worship set today, in my opinion, that goes perfectly with what I'm preaching. Now, normally, we will sit down and strategize and actually plot and plan certain songs that might come in line with where I'm going and what I'm preaching, but he had two sick kids at home, and we were not able to have that meeting. And the Holy Spirit put this together today. Because I think God wants to remind us today that there's still strength to be found in His name. We still go in the strength of the name of God. Whatever God is calling you to do and whatever level leadership that God has put you in, go in the strength of the name of God. Be strong. God is on your side, and if God be for you, who could be against you? You and God make up the majority. Rely on that name. Call on that name. Depend on that name. Pray in that name. Come on and shout out the name of Jesus today, somebody. <laughs> There's strength to be found in that name. David understood the strength in the name of the Lord. He went to give lunch to his brothers who were fighting in the war. And he sees a loud mouth giant standing there cursing at God's people, defying God's people. And he says, why doesn't somebody go and do something about this? Everybody was afraid to go and face Goliath. But David understood the strength to be found in the name of God. And in 1 Samuel chapter 17, David David said to Goliath, you come to me with a sword, you come to me with a spear, you come to me with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this very day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your nasty head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. How many are happy to know the name of God today? Hallelujah. God's calling you to be strong. And if you will just find your refuge in the name of God, because Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 10 says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Hallelujah. The righteous can run to it and they find their safety. Run to the name of the Lord. Find your strength in the name of the Lord. He not only found strength in the name of God, he found strength in the promises of God. God promised a thing or two to Joshua that day. He said, just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. 
Wow, that had to give him great hope. That had to give him great encouragement. You see, because God was with Moses as they came to the Red Sea. And as God was with Moses and parted the Red Sea, he would be with Joshua and part the Jordan River. Oh, I wish somebody would get this today. Just as God defeated the enemies of Egypt, he would defeat the enemies of Jericho for Joshua. Just as God led his people out of bondage, the bondage of Egypt, so he would lead them into the land of promise with Joshua. Just as God was with Moses... He would be with Joshua. I'll say this, just as God was with Moses and Joshua, so he will be with you. So he will be with me. Find your strength in the promises of God. Some of the promises of God are universal and we'll all enjoy them, but there are other promises that God has maybe just whispered into your heart, whispered into your spirit that not everybody knows. Tuck that away and stand on the promises of God. Even though they may not come to fruition and fulfillment, the day that God promises, the the week that God promises, you may wait for months, possibly even years, still know that God has made you a promise and you can stand strong in the promises of God. Great leaders, I'm trying my best to encourage somebody to be a better leader today than you were yesterday, tomorrow than you might be today. There are qualities of leadership that I see in Joshua that I believe we can glean from. Great leaders... Thirdly, they rely on Scripture. They're servants, they stand strong, and they rely on Scripture. I have my staff report to me every week, every Monday, they turn in a staff report. I believe in supplemental reading. And so I will ask them, what have you been reading? Pastor Dave, he's the youth pastor. I'm hoping that he's focused on how to be a better youth pastor. Although he and Sonny are the most amazing gift to our youth department and to this church. Don't you appreciate the loots? Pastor Jim has his degree in business from Vanguard. And boy, he knows his stuff. But even though he's quite a bit older than I am. (laughs) Did you hear me? (laughs) You know what? He's, he's, Pastor Jim's my brother. He really is. Even though he knows his stuff when it comes to business, he's constantly wanting to improve. And not just the business side. He's now working on his master's and studying to be a good theologian. And so... um, He has supplemental reading. Don't you appreciate Jim and Cindy Regan? We got this young whippersnapper over here, Creighton Coleman, Pastor Creighton. I say young whippersnapper. He's probably academically ahead of all of us, as pastors, truth be told. But Pastor Creighton is constantly trying to increase his knowledge in his area of leadership. And his focus right now is young adults, but boy, the picture is so much bigger, and we all see that, Pastor Creighton. And we want you to know how glad we are that God sent you to La Palma as well. 
Pastor Moses and Jamie. They are, a, they are a breath of fresh air to us. They're gifts from God. Pastor Moses, is in, he's reading journals and, and just different things, trying to learn and, and grow. So I believe in all of this supplemental reading. I do a good bit of it myself. But if you want to be a great leader, you better be in this book. Somebody hold up your Bible today. Come on, there's power in the Bible. I love it. I see leather-bound editions, and I see tablets being raised. I see phones being raised. It doesn't matter what edition you're in. It doesn't matter the version you're in. You better get into the Word of God and let the Word of God get into you if you want to be a great leader. And you better depend on the Word of God, rely on the Word of God, and constantly go to the Word of God. It is an instruction book. It is a map to a treasure. It's light for our feet. It's illumination for our path. Joshua relied on Scripture. This is part of how he found his strength. God told him, be strong. And he coupled it with, depend on my word. Read my word. Observe the word, the law. There's strength in the Word of God. Now, you may just read it because it's, it's your time to read it. I hope that's the case. I hope there's times you didn't feel it at all, but you did it anyway. You don't always feel like going and reading the Word of God. I'll tell you, as the lead pastor of this church, there's mornings I don't always feel like it, but I'm going to do it because I know there's strength to be found there. And I believe that God is going to speak to me. I may have to just muddle my way through some of the Old Testament just like you do. But there'll be treasures tucked in. And there will be illumination come from this book. And it will sustain me not just for a day. It might get me through the whole week. And it may even end up being a life verse for me. That's how much power there is in this book. God told him he was going, you know, be strong and depend on my book, rely on my book, observe my book, meditate on my book. There are three disciplines that I want you to jot down concerning the Word of God. Three disciplines that you could incorporate every day. Number one, observe it. This is what he told Joshua, observe. This is a matter of just taking the time to actually go and find it, open it, and read it. There's a discipline there, guys. Young people, I want you to hear me today. Pastor Dave didn't put me up to this either. Discipline yourself that every day you find a time, if it's in the morning or before you go to sleep at night or whenever it is, discipline yourself to observe the Word of God. Just open it and read it. Get on a good schedule. Pastor Dave can help you set up a schedule. Pastor Sonny can help the ladies set up a schedule. Easy. Easy. I have my pastors. They're accountable, accountable to me. I want to know that they're in the Word of God, first of all, that they're actually reading. They're observing the Word of God. I'm not leaving that to chance. I would recommend that you find somebody that you could also be accountable to and you can report to and say, here's what I've been reading this last week. Pastor Dave and 
Sonny will be glad to be those, that accountability for our young people, but this really goes for everybody. We have to start by actually taking the time to read it. Observe it. Second discipline, absorb it. See, he said, meditate on it. The, verse number eight, the, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. This is the absorbing part. You see, God's word is sent to do something, to correct us perhaps, to encourage us, to direct us, inspire us, empower us. So we have to let that settle in and actually really think on the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God. There'll be many times that I'll just have one verse that really kind of pops off the page for me, and I'll recite that in my mind, and I'll think of that verse, and I may even, I may even post it. I think I had everybody post last week, remember? Do you remember? Do you remember what the verse was? Psalm... Oh, we've slept a few times since then, haven't we? Psalm 19, 14... Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, be pleasing to you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That'll carry you through. You let that soak in. You meditate on that. You absorb the word of God. Observe it, absorb it, obey it. I'm just sorry I couldn't put an O right here. You know me, I really want to do that, but I had to spell it right, so there it is. But see, look at verse number 8 again. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it, absorbing it day and night, that you may observe to do. Somebody say to do. do. Uh-huh. To do according to all that is written in it. The most important part about relying on the Scripture is we've got to obey the Scripture. We've got to obey what what God is trying to, to tell us, what God is trying to, how he's trying to instruct us. We're not to live the life how we think we should live. There are rules to live by. They're contrary to our society, by the way, our media, our entertainment industry. This book is contrary to how they want to live. But do we conform to society? No. Do we conform to the media? To the entertainment? To the world system? Or do we just stand strong and we rely and depend on the Word of God? Relying on Scripture will lead you to success. And as I close, there's just one more point I'd like you to jot down. Great leaders are successful. God said, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. The last part of verse 8. How many want good success? You want good success? Do you know how to have good success? Drop one of the O's out of good. 
<laughs> there is a difference. God's success will, is the success I want. Success, boy, that's a, that's a vague term, isn't it? A lot of successful, quote unquote, a lot of successful people in the world by a worldly standard. But I don't want success measured by the world, and nor should you. I want to have that good success that God was talking to Joshua about. I believe Joshua found that good success in serving, first of all. His success was found in serving. Serving God, serving Moses, those in authority over him, serving people. There's success in that. Godly success. Joshua found his success in the strength that came from God. The strength in his name, the strength in every promise, that's successful. He certainly found success in the scripture. You want to be successful, here's, here's the book, here's the how-to book right here. Observe it, absorb it, obey it. Pretty simple. Look at what Joshua did. Just a few highlights. He successfully crossed the Jordan River. That's a big task. That's really an impossible task in human standard. But with God, come on somebody, with God, anything is possible. He successfully led his people through the Jordan, past the Jordan. One obstacle that the enemy wanted to try to prevent God's people from receiving what God had promised them. He successfully conquered Jericho as he obeyed God's instructions. And God's instructions might have seemed a little goofy. You want me to do what, God? We're going to defeat this enemy how, God? Anybody just be honest today and say, I've thought some of what God's called me to do is a little goofy. It's not sacrilegious. You're not going to go to hell for raising your hand right there. Because everybody's probably there. They just don't want to raise their hand. But success. They did what God called them to do. And what happened? The walls came down. The enemy was defeated. Wow. And let's not forget, Joshua successfully divided the land as God told him to, that promised land. Wow. Mm. So we're setting sail here, folks. Hope nobody gets seasick over the next six weeks. We're going to ask you to board a variety of ships. Today, it happened to be leadership. You're a leader. You're a leader. You're a leader. 
all who have decided to follow Christ, you're a leader. In order to become a better leader, it takes the help of God. It takes the anointing of God. The anointing of God is very simple. It is simply God's ability, which is all-powerful, almighty, His ability applied to us. So we have the super and the natural coming together in an anointing and supernatural things happen. To anoint is to rub or to smear. I shaved my head today and I put some lotion on it and I just smeared it all over my head. And I thought, God, I want that from you. I want you to just rub your ability all over me so I can be a better leader. If you would like a fresh anointing to be a better leader, I want you to stand right where you are. No matter what level of leadership you find yourself, if you want to be a better leader and you want a fresh anointing from God, get up on your feet today. Yeah, 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 yeah. God anoint me. God anoint me. in darkness into your marvelous light. Come on, do you want the anointing of God? Ask Him, say, God, just help me. Give me your ability, Lord. 
you've called us to be God. Father, we lay our lives down at your feet, God, and we pray, do whatever you need to do in us. Use us in whatever way. We pray, have your way in us, oh God, and anoint us, God, for your kingdom. Thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. The power of